When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 7, Chapter Titled... Truth and Consequences. Good job. And as you can hear, right off the bat, Tanya's still sick. I'm sicker than I was last week. Yes. But better than I was two days ago. Yes, and better than you were three weeks ago. But worse than you were seven weeks ago. What are you talking about? I don't this know. is the we're first time I've dates. really been sick. Um, ever. This no, is the first time I mean ever this winter. Si- ever been sick. I was sick one other time doing this podcast. I remember I didn't have a voice at all. Yeah, you didn't have a voice during the podcast. And then afterwards, though, you, like, you lost it, lost it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably around the same time that we said, like, Tanya's setting up an Instagram. It'll be up by the end of, by the time this episode posts. What are we going to put on the Instagram? I don't know. Pictures. Of what? I'll figure it out. I'm I'm doing the Instagram. We now. don't even we don't even do our Facebook. It's true. And there are people on there. So, Instagram, we would actually have to put pictures and like what pictures are we putting up? This right here. Us sitting here recording. No, I'm in my pajamas. Unshowered. Unshowered in my pajamas. It's not happening. Okay. Well, there you have it, class. Um no pictures. So, I'm sorry. For everyone that's out there just waiting for our Instagram. Um, it's, we've, we've made it through the Christmas season. Congratulations to all of you who've made it along with us. Um, those of you who celebrate Christmas, um, we've done it. Those of you who don't, uh, you're a lot smarter than we are. Because it's so exhausting. Like, it, like, we got, I got a day off of work. You got two days off of work. And it just, it felt like uh, exhausting. <laughs> exhausting and you you spend like two months you spend november and december really because november you have thanksgiving but you're already getting geared up for the christmas season you're finding things to get your kids for christmas or whatever and so between november and december every bit of extra energy and every bit of extra money is going into this one day and like it's kind of ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. I love Christmas. You do. But I love it for the season. I don't necessarily love it for the day. I'm not that big on like actual Christmas day. And I was wrapping presents and every year I wrap presents. I'm terrible at wrapping gifts. I'm not. No, he's he's amazing at it. Um, but like why do we we spend money on paper that we wrap these gifts in? That paper and all of that time, like hours spent wrapping gifts. It's never just like, eh, I wrapped gifts for 20 minutes. You're throwing away all of the money that you spent on wrapping paper and all of the time that you spent wrapping those gifts, that paper gets ripped off and thrown in the trash. We are five days removed from Christmas and that's all it takes for Tanya to turn bah humbug. Like three days before, if I'm like, I don't really want to listen to Christmas songs. She's like, what? Where's your Christmas spirit? I didn't listen to Christmas music all season. So not even a little bit. That's, but, that's not my point. No, every single year, at, it's the wrapping that gets me. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. Like, I was so sick on Christmas Eve. Like, I didn't get to go do any of the special Christmas Eve things that my family was doing because I was ill. I wrapped presents for three hours that day while I was sick. For what reason? 
while I was with the kids at my family gathering with lots and lots and lots. Of, my family has just is just huge at this point, and there's a billion people, and it's just so many personalities in one room, and woof. It gets it gets long. It gets yes. long and exhausting. And Caden was very overwhelmed. Oh, he yeah. was texting me like, "There's so many people here." And yeah, I'm like, it's a lot. "Okay, well, you do this. It's you're fine." But now it's time to set up for the new year. New year, new new us. We're gonna. Have, I love New Year's. I like New Year's. I don't think we're gonna make it to midnight this year already. Oh, no, no, like no. with Tanya's still sick. Aubrey's sick now. Um, the boys are fine. The boys are fine. Caden. Finley does not like staying up. Right. Like, he will get so tired and grouchy by, like, 10 o'clock at night every single year on New Year's. Last year, I told him he could just go to bed because he was sick and Caden was sick. Oh, and most years, we have woken him up. Like, we're like, come on. And he's like, Yeah, so this year, if I'm just like, all right, we're going to do the countdown at, like, 10, he will be so happy. I will tell him he can stay up until, like, 9.30 sometimes, and he'll be like, can you come tuck me in now? And it'll be 8.30. Mm. Our kids like to sleep. Are we gonna they make like it. Are we gonna make any changes on the show though? Like any New Year changes, New New Year's resolutions for the podcast? No. We're gonna do like a new like. We're just gonna scrap it. Do a new show. No way. Nuh-uh. We're gonna do a community podcast now. You would love that, but no. I would not love that. There already are several community podcasts. Yeah, they're fine. Wow. Um, no, when we were when we were first like binge watching Community together, um, and we had gotten to episodes that I hadn't seen yet because I had only watched like the first season and the second half of the first half of the second season before. Um, I was like, man, I am all in on Community right now, and I found a couple Community podcasts and I tried to listen to them. And like, as someone who does a TV show podcast, I'm not that big on TV show podcasts. Wow. Taking shots across the bow. No, it's just, I don't need, I don't know, like. I I don't either, but that's because at this point, I really only listen to one group of podcasts, and that is the Glass Cannon podcast, and they do, they play Pathfinder, which is a different version of D&D, um, and so it's, they have four or five different shows now that they do every week or every other week, and that's so much podcast. I've run out of time for other podcasts. I still listen to a lot of podcasts, but I definitely listen to less now than I did like a year ago at this time. Mm-hmm. I listen to Good Christian Fun and their Patreon episodes. I listen to all the Macroid ones, but I don't necessarily listen to those like week to week to week. I let them kind of build up so that like one day I'll be like, I really want to just listen to my Bim Bam and I'll listen to like three episodes. Um, I do that with all of them. And then I keep finding just here and there little um, audio fiction podcasts that I have ones that I re-listen to a lot. And then this Christmas, I found um, one that did yeah, and it's a wonderful a retelling of It's a Wonderful Life. And it was so good. And I wish I could remember what it's called because I would recommend it to anyone. It was so beautiful. Like they even did music in it. That was just gorgeous. And I really don't remember what it's called. And I wish I could like. You know what I recommend? I recommend a show that did a podcast uh, uh, where they did a retelling of A Christmas Carol set oh, in the universe uh-huh. of Boy Meets World. Whoa. Yeah. What What was that one called? Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Did they take our name? No, we took theirs and then we're, we replaced it and then it's back. And then 
We did the old Indiana Jones switcheroo. My sick brain cannot comprehend a word that you're saying right now. Most people probably can't. Oh. But what if someone is following that and they're like, this is not even possible? Congratulations to you. Please email us at bmgmbmw <laughs> at gmail.com. But um, it was really interesting this week to go back to writing notes for the podcast instead of spending two days writing a story for a podcast. Yes. So I hope everyone enjoyed that. I loved it. You did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know I helped. You did help. You did help. I know I helped, but... You worked really hard on it, and I thought it was very fun to listen to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Blurred me up. (laughs) Wait, so we watched Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 7, episode titled Truth and Consequences. It was directed by Jeff McCracken. It was written by Donna Trujillo. I don't know if I said that right. I don't think think I did. Yeah. So I have... Yeah, that is. I work uh, in tandem at work. It's, It's... I'm the only person that does my position, but there's another guy who does the same position for a different kind of set of the of the building. Um, so we work together, and we're pretty much the only two people that work together in this kind of um, position. And he's Hispanic, and he was talking about how he made uh, tamales for his family, and like that's his his recipe. Like he's so good at it. So we were talking with our boss about it because she was asking him, like, what, what do you cook? Like, what are you good at? And I said, well, he does make, apparently, he makes really good tamales. And then he said it. He goes, yeah, there, there are my tamales. But he said it with, like, a, uh, an authentic accent. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, Alden, don't say that anymore. Let him say that for you. <laughs> As I just sounded too dumb saying it. Anyway. What a story. So, Tanya... Yeah. All that to say, blurred me up. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I'm going to make you tamales. No, I don't know how. Oh, I'm going to let him. I want some. I'm going to let Luis do it. All right. The blurb for today, season three, episode seven, Truth and Consequences, is the janitor has some skeletons in his broom closet. Ooh, mop closet, too. Mm. Lonely mop. Uh, where do we start? Classroom or not? Not. Sort of. No. So this is weird. This is a weird one. This is one of those where you're like, you get half a point. It's like an inception situation. It is. We got incepted. We got <laughs> incepted. We got incepted by Donna Trujillo. We think we're in the cafeteria and Corey is reporting live from the counter at the cafeteria where you see the cafeteria lady chopping away at something and it turns out it's red jello. So they're talking about how she's from Russia and she makes them Russian food for lunch and she and was her the specialty she's is... the former nanny to the gorbachev family yeah and her specialty is red square jello um and sean keeps panning out to like girls on the side being like do you want to be in pictures lots of little communist jokes in the in the meantime yeah. uh, this was uh 95 96 maybe at this point so it was like pretty not long after the fall of Russian communism or Soviet Union. Yeah, and communism was like big talk in the 90s. Right. You remember like, how much we used to talk about it? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I, we had books at our house, like anti-communist books not at our house. my house. Not... No, no, not this house. My house that I grew up in. Wow, her house. Yeah. Okay. My parents' house. Well, in my house, we don't have that stuff. This house, the house that I live in, my house. Our house. <laughs> uh-huh. So it cuts away from that, and and now we're in the classroom. They were watching a video the whole time. 
Well, Corey and Sean weren't watching the video. They were sleeping. Yeah. So Eli wakes him up and he's like, Matthews, Hunter, wake up. If we got to watch your video, you've got to watch your video. And Sean's made made some comment. And Corey's like, Shh, maybe he doesn't know how boring it was. And uh, Eli's like, oh, we know. Yeah. And Topanga like spouts off something about like, I thought the report was interesting. Like we should know where our food comes from. Like he did such a good job. And Eli's like, Are you guys together? And like, yes. And he's like, Matthews, you've got a good woman. Yeah. She's being very like cute and defensive this episode. Yeah. This isn't the first time we'll see that. Are they? What? It is the first time we'll see that. <laughs> this isn't the last time we'll see that. Uh, but we don't think. Um, he Eli starts talking to them about how like this isn't news like that's not news Jello's not news. Um, you, you got to find something that's honest, but you have to make it interesting. Like find something that you can report on and do a story on. That's your your job now. Um, so he basically challenges them to find a better story. So now we go to Mr. Turner's apartment. Mm, but we they also right before they cut to Mr. Turner, uh, they do make a comment about the. You're going to be on, they're going to be actually on TV. They're going to be on local access. Right. And they're going to be on immediately after the origami lady who can fold herself into a ship. And that becomes <laughs> like a running gag throughout the whole episode. It does. And Sean goes, ain't nothing wrong with that, which is weird. Weird. Yeah. So now we go to Mr. Turner's office. Mr. Turner's office. We go to Mr. Turner's apartment where Sean is standing at the window already. And Corey like runs in and Sean's like, come on, come on. It's 530. And... Corey's like, unless there is a woman dancing in a towel, it is not a news story. And he comes over with the camera and he's like, there's a, there's a woman dancing in a towel. And Sean's like, she does it every day, 530. You could set your watch to it. And Corey's like, why would you want to do that? He's like, would, why wouldn't you call the phone number where you can you have the atomic clock? They have that set to the atomic clock, Sean. And Sean's just like, Corey, the woman. Did you ever do that? Yes, it's crazy. Why did we do that? Well, because you had to. Like, there wasn't a way to look up the time. That's true. I didn't think about it. We used to do it for fun. (laughs) (laughs) What? We had our clocks were set perfectly fine. I had video games. I didn't. Right. That's why I didn't call the clock for fun. I called the clock for fun. We didn't know it was, it cost money. I don't think it did. I think it was two cents. Maybe. I think it was like two cents every time. My my grandmother thought it was funny that we called the clock to find out what time it was because we used to announce it through the house like it's seven thirty two, and my grandmother would just be like, "Well, they called the clock thing again." What made that fun? I don't know. We were bored. We didn't have video games. We also used to play name that tune like just with each other. We would like hum like three bars of a song and then have the other sister guess which song it was. We were basically pioneer women. How often did that turn into a fight? Probably every time? A lot of times and many times we did it as we were supposed to be going to sleep. So like we would get loud about it and then my mom would come stomping up the stairs to to spank all of us. Fun times. Yeah. Um, we still did it every night though. So anyway, they're recording out the window. They're recording like creeps. Um, they're they're doing this under the guise of this is going to be our news story, which is Gross. awful. And um, Mr. Turner walks in while they're doing this, and he's like, "Oh, what you guys doing at the window? Uh, must be five thirty. My clock's running slow." So he does set his his clock by it, <laughs> and he uh, he walks over to them and he sees that they're recording. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this?" And Corey's like, "We're doing homework." And 
Mr. Turner goes, no, you need to stop. You need to find a real news story. This isn't news. Don't exploit women for news. Um, Let's go watch the 530 News so you can see what a real news story is about. And they sit down, turn on the TV, and the news goes, next on the 530 News, uh, breast breast enlargements. Are they, is bigger really better? And then he turns off the news. So now we go to the cafeteria. There's a lot of like cut, 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 cut in this one. Uh, we go to the cafeteria where Janitor Butt is harassing a child. Oh yeah, it's the it's the same kid we see a lot now. Like yeah. he's the he's the little guy. I want to know who he is. He's the one. He's the I, first one that they slid across the table. I remember that one the, day. the one that I thought might be um, a younger um, savage kid. Oh yeah, you did think that. Yeah, but I still think there's a reason that I thought that. I think he's done something. Well, he's basically, he is the nerd of the high school at this point. Yeah. So he's, he's used a lot and he's like shaking and Janitor Bud is like, oh, don't worry about, about your nervous stomach. Yeah. Your nervous stomach. Like that's completely normal. And Feeney comes in and he's just like, uh, Janitor Bud, we do not harass our students. And he's like, what? We're, we're really tight. Me and Leonard are old pals. And Leonard goes running off. This is strike one against Janitor Bud. This annoyed me, and this isn't doesn't have anything to do with the episode. Leonard goes running off, and Janitor Bud goes, oh, the thrill of the chase, yeah. and, like, runs out after him. Like, what? Yeah. This is, this episode somehow was supposed to endear you to Janitor Bud. Yeah. It does not endear me to Janitor Bud. We'll get there, but yeah. Um, Are we on the same page with this? Yes. Okay, good, because Amy and Alan were not. What if we shouldn't? Maybe we should fight about it. No, no, That'd thank make for you. good podcasting. No, thank you. No, it would not. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, Feeney t- uh, goes and sits down, and he talks about how he needs to get a new secretary because the old secretary's leaving because her youngest son just turned 50, and she's... The youngest grandson. Was that what he said? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, his youngest grand... Her youngest grandson just turned 50. But he must have gotten a new secretary in between the years because... The the secretary that was there when when Griff was came in was younger. Right. She was in her probably thirties. Right. Um, because she was sweet on Mister Griff. Right. Um, whatever they c- continuity is not key in this show. True. Um, so he's talking to Eli and Jonathan about how he needs he did get her something. They're like, "What did you get her?" And he's like, "We all pitched in for a an oxygen tank." And they start laughing, and Mr. Turner's like, that's not even really funny. And Mr. Freeman's like, no, she's a certified scuba instructor. Like, she she needs an oxygen tank. Do you remember what scuba stands for? Duba. I was hoping you could remember the real thing no. it stands for. No, you were, you asked me that question on our, on our wrap-up show, so you should know that answer. I don't. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, then we go over to the boys. The boys, uh, Corey and Sean, are sitting at the table talking, and... Um, they're trying to figure out a news story and Corey's like, there has to be something. And Sean goes, well, um, cause Corey says we need to find something we can investigate, like some crime or something. And Sean says, oh, we could follow, we could follow uncle Vic around, but, oh no, my uncle Vic, he would, he, he would, would probably kill he us. He would kill us. Yeah. And Joey comes in and he's like walking through the cafeteria, rolling tires. So he's like, Used tires, stolen tires. He's like saying stolen tires. Meanwhile, we know that Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner and Eli were sitting there. Yeah. Um, the but, only three teachers in the whole school sitting yeah. at a table together. And he's just like, like, tires, tires, get your tires. And he's saying stolen tires. Mm-hmm. 
And he co- he leaves the cafeteria with the tires. He comes back in. He's like, tube socks, tube socks. He opens the jacket and there's like all these tube socks in his jacket. And Corey goes, you know what? I, I figured it out. We follow Joey. We get a story. Good point. He's not wrong. Uh, because then we go to the hallway. Oh, no, wait. We go to the hallway, but this has nothing to do with Joey. This is Eric's story. Eric's story is bonkers. Let me tell you why it's bonkers. Why? Eric walks up to one of the classroom doors. Yes. Where there's this really pretty nurse standing in the classroom door. Yes. And she's like, oh, are you interested in doing the sleep study? And he's like, yeah, I want to go into professional sleeping. I want to get paid for sleeping. And he goes into this classroom where she's got all this equipment in the classroom, in the high school, no paperwork is filled out, really. And she's just like, all right, you're hired. We're going to study your sleep patterns. Sit here. Sit We're hooking here. you up. In a classroom. In the high school. <laughs> yes, that is what happens. It's crazy. It is crazy. They just took up a room just for at least a couple days worth of a sleep study. It gets crazier, but we'll get to that. It does. But um, now we cut to the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Or what I couldn't. It's a classroom it's, that they set up. I think I, it might be the cafeteria. I thought it was Mr. I thought it was Eli's classroom that they set up as a newsroom. Maybe. But what was weird. So you've got it set up as the newsroom. And Topanga's sitting there and she's obviously going to be the reporter. And they're, they're watching the public access um, on the monitor. And Amy and Alan are there. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Why would they be? Why they are they the only parents there? They're the only parents who care enough, Tanya. Topanga's dad's not there. He Topanga's doesn't mom's care. mom's not there. She doesn't care. Like, the only parents that are there are Alan and Amy, and they're just, like, sitting there eating a croissant or something mm-hmm. and watching the origami lady Watch, on the monitor. Watching her become a ship and sail away. They're like, wow, mm-hmm. how can she do that? But Topanga's sitting at the table, and she's, like, um, freaking out. She's and like, Katie Kirk, Katie Kirk, Katie Sean, Kirk, Katie And Sean Kirk. comes over to him, and he goes... Or he says, I think you sweat when you're nervous. And she says, I, I'm not nervous. And he says, uh, and she said, I don't sweat. I glisten. And he goes, well, you're glistening like a pig here. And he gives her <laughs> a napkin. Uh, so Mr. Turner does the, Mr. Turner, I think, does the countdown mm-hmm. for when they're going live. And he goes, all right, five, four. And Topanga's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And, and so she, it'll be a cold day in hello, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And she's very good. Yes, yeah, she's amazing. Um, she, she just, she does great under pressure. So she starts reporting and we start seeing like different things happening that she's reporting on. She interviews a crossing guard on his book that you can find in the school store. Um, and Feeney comes in. He's like, wow, this is quite a production you're putting on Eli. Like, you know, what, what should I expect? And Eli's just like, um, you know, we've got some weather, some um, local news, and a profile on our own janitor, Bud. And Mr. Feeney's like, janitor Bud? Our janitor Bud? And he's like, yes. He's like, what can I expect from that? And Mr. Williams is just like, um, I don't know. Corey's editing it right now, so he has not seen it. Right. And Mr. Feeney says, you, you're just trusting your students to turn in something live on the air and he goes yeah well, I mean, why couldn't i i should trust my kids why why shouldn't i trust them and mr feeney says oh welcome to high school mr williams yeah they really should uh, i do feel like eli is best friends with mr turner who has a student living in his home mm-hmm. he should know better 
Yes. But also, there's nothing wrong with this report. Okay, that's true. So we go to the report. The report starts playing. Uh, Corey, or Topanga starts reading it, and she's like, okay, uh, now we're going to do our profile on Janet or Bud? Why? And then it starts <laughs> playing, and Corey's like picking stuff out of his teeth because he forgot to edit that out. Which is crazy. He was just editing. I know. I wonder if I've ever like edit, not edited something out of this podcast, and I forgot. Like, you got to think it's got to happen. I'm sure. Um, so he starts... Like you were in a really intense, like, fight on Hollow Knight or something mm. like that, and you were, like, playing it while you were editing, and there's just a whole string of us fighting, mm-hmm. and you just left it in. Yeah. Well, you, you, I would leave that in for ratings. <laughs> People love contention. <laughs> uh-huh, they do. So, we see the report. Corey's following, um, Janitor Bud. They follow them him through the hallways. He's... They hide out. They stake it out in he the... Put, he puts on, like, a hat and a jacket like Mm -hmm. a nicer jacket and he's Corey is saying like some people feel like they're in a prison here until 3 p.m some people feel a little bit more free than others at 255 so they hide out and you see the from the camera um janitor bud walk out of the into the hallway which i guess is where the time clock is now all of a sudden yeah um time clock is like right by the bathroom or something i don't know so he walks over, looks at the time card, and just like laughs. Well, he touches it, he flips mm-hmm. it over, and he puts it back. Yeah. And we find out why in a minute. Right. And he laughs and starts to walk out, and it's they zoom in on the clock, and it's 2.55. And I thought at that point, because Corey had just said the thing about 3 o'clock, I was like, eh, oh, he's leaving five minutes. five minutes early, no big deal. But then it cuts to later on, and Corey says... Now, he's supposed to be working until 5 o'clock, and it's 5 o'clock now on the mm-hmm. clock. And he goes, well, let's see what happens. And you see Joey come around the corner and uh, grab Miss uh, Janitor Bud's time clock card and looks at it, and he it's got a $5 bill on it, and he's like, Mr. Lincoln, meet Mr. Pocket. And then he clocks out Janitor Bud and walks out. So this is a problem. This is messed up. This is bad. He's paying a child to clock him out three hour, two hours after he was supposed to be off work. Two hours and five minutes. And five minutes times five days adds up. Oh, yes. That's a whole nother 25 minutes. So does two hours. Like, that's a lot. Yes. It's uh, so much. Like, that's actually, like, he could get prosecuted for that. Because that's a lot of money over a period of time. That's stealing money. Yep. So the report ends. And surely everyone agrees with us and is upset with Janitor Bud. Oh, nope. They're all upset with Corey. It they're cuts- upset with Corey and they're like staring at him. And he's like, what did you think, mom and dad, about this report? And they're like, uh. And Alan's like, well, was it true? And he's like, I said, no dramatization, no dramatization, no dramatization. And Finney's like, oh, well, that's unfortunate because now I have the um, responsibility to go fire Janitor Bud. Yeah, and everyone's upset about it. But so now we cut to um, the hallway where Corey and Sean are talking and uh, like everyone's giving them the cold shoulder. All the students are mad at him because Janitor Bud's going to get fired. And Corey's like, come on, you know, Mr. Feeney. Um, you can say anything you want about Mr. Feeney. And Sean's like, okay, well, I would like to say that he is. And Corey cuts him off. And he's like, but he's a great person and he understands. And he's not going to fire Janitor Bud. 
And Sean's like, they've been in there for an hour. And then they spill out into the hallway where they are still arguing. And and this is where we find out the janitor bud is supposed to retire in two months with a full pension. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, like, come on, just give me the last two months. Like, it's only two months. Just let me have it. And Miss Freen's like, no, like, I can't do that. You did something wrong. You have to get fired. And Janitor Bud's like, what about the time I saved your life from the wax spot on the floor? Wouldn't the wax spot be his fault in the first it place? It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Mr. Feeney's like, well, I thought you were sleeping. And he goes, well, once I was down there, so he was just sleeping. I'm very anti-Janitor Bud. Yes. Yeah, no, it's this. It's a really weird episode. It's a weird episode because of the way they're trying to portray it. Yeah. But, uh, so he he gets fired. Mr. Feeney's like, look, no means no. Like, this isn't happening. Goodbye. You know, I I appreciate all the hard work you've done, but your time has come to an end. And Janitor Bud starts to walk out and he, like, looks around all sad. Like, what am I going to do? Like, so, again, we're supposed to be feeling like, oh, but I don't. So he starts walking out and... Corey and Sean start talking about it and Sean's like oh I feel so bad now and Corey goes why no like he he was stealing he was he deserved to be fired I I didn't want him to be fired but we didn't do anything wrong yeah he's he's like we were told to break a story and we broke a story and we were truthful about it like there's nothing that we did wrong here and then Joey comes he says there's nothing there's nothing we can do about him goofing off and Joey comes around the corner and he's like, goofing off, huh? Do you really know what he was doing when he was goofing off, Mr. Matthews? So then Corey's like, oh no, my stomach, it feels so bad. And um, Joey comes around, are you pulling that up? Yep. Okay. And Joey says, uh, so before you start pontificating from your tuchus, let me set you straight. Can I ask you a question? T-O-K-U-S. Thank you. <laughs> Um, every day, that sweet butt, oh, that sweet butt of a man, (laughs) that sweet butt, (laughs) that sweet butt, that sweet butt of a man takes a few dollars that he has left and he visits a place where there are others even less fortunate than him. Uh, and then Corey, that's when Corey says, my stomach's bubbling and he says, good, your stomach should bubble because there's a lovely man that you got canned. He's a giver and you know where he gives Mr. Matthews? Uh, the track, playing the ponies. The joy of gambling was all he had left. So... Again, we're supposed to to feel bad. He was leaving two hours and five minutes early every day to go gamble. Yeah. And he was paying a student to clock him out. Yeah. He was a bad guy. (laughs) Like there's two steps there. One, he's stealing time from the school. And that is bad. And that and would get him in a lot of trouble. And two, he's incriminating a student. Right. At that point, it's a huge deal. I'm appalled. It's, yeah. But again, like, they they pan out and Corey's like, okay, so he's gambling. And Sean goes, that's all he had left, Corey. We got him fired. And Corey's like, what is going on? Like, And so were we. Yeah. We, I definitely see Corey as a guy who has... Um, some moral character and this poor guy is getting treated like garbage when he should not have been tre- being treated like garbage. Yeah. And, and Sean's like, what's he, he has no income now. What's he going to gamble with now? And Corey's like, he'll find something somewhere. And then 
Janet Abud walks around the corner and he's like, Ah, and you two. I know it was you who did it. I put the janitor's curse on you. And he just kind of like swings his arms around, pointing in different directions, and then points both fingers at him, at both of them. Yeah, and the, the crowd laughs their asses off. Yep. Um, so where do we go now? The sleep study. Eric is in the classroom, sleep studying. What do you have? We go to the hall next. For what? You're right. Sleep study. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're in the classroom where Eric is sound asleep with all of this, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Firestarter, but in the beginning, oh, you should. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Heather Locklear and I can't remember the guy's name who plays Drew Barrymore's dad. They are doing like people, they are getting paid. They are getting paid to have scientific experiments done on them. So they've got all of this stuff like around their heads and everything. But that's where they fell in love was getting these experiments done on them. And that is how Drew Barrymore was born a fire starter. I hope Drew Barrymore's dad's name is Andrew Barrymore. Because then it's, it's not. They can just call him Drew Barrymore Wait, is too. It? I don't know. I know her dad's name. Why can't I remember I know her? It? I know her father. We go way back. <laughs> He's my best friend. He's two months from his pension. <laughs> um, so anyway, what happens in the, the test? Uh, what is her name? Monique? Yes. Monique wakes Eric up. Nurse Monique. She's adorable. She wakes Eric up and she's like, Mr. Matthews, Mr. Matthews, wake up. And he wakes up and she's like, it's really incredible. Like, um, do you remember any of your dreams while you've been sleeping? And he's like, nope. She's like, do you remember anything? Like, is there anything that you can recall dream-wise, thought-wise, anything from while you were sleeping? He's like, no, nothing. She's like, okay. And he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, um, actually, it's very incredible. You have no brain activity while you're asleep. You have a goofy look on your face. You look very serene. He's like, thank you. And she's like, and no brain activity. So we'd like to study you further. And he's like, okay, if you're going to do that, you got to pay me half of what I got paid today and then double it, which is just a weird thing to say at all. So um, just Eric has proven his point. And then he tries to walk out with everything connected to his head. He pulls all the equipment over and walks out. Um, The dumbening. The dumbening. It's getting worse. Now we go to the cafeteria where Corey and Sean have gotten their food. And and Sean's like, even... um, Even Bertha's mad at us. And Corey's like, no, she's not. And and Sean's like, look at your bun. And on the bun is written in ketchup, I hate you. Yeah. And Corey's like, I don't understand why everyone's mad at us. We were just doing our job. I'm I'm a reporter. That's what I had to do. We don't understand either, Corey. And um, we they go to sit down at a table because there's no empty table for the first time in the cafeteria's history. They always sit, just the two of them, at one table, always. Sometimes with a pig. With a pig. Where is that pig? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they can't sit at the one table and... Corey's like, it's going to take more than, it's going to take a guy bigger than that, that to make me, uh, to intimidate, to, me. Tim, to intimidate me from sitting in here and a really super tall 80 year old man. Yeah, it was, he was very old, not like old, old, but no. he was definitely like in his twenties, yeah. like bodybuilder. Yeah. And he stands up and Corey looks up at him and he's like, okay, let's go. And they walk out. 
Um, they really need to screen who's allowed to enter the school. Right. But then they pan over to Mr. Turner and Eli and Mr. Williams. Yeah, I was really confused about the conversation. And maybe it's just like my brain doesn't follow everything. But I kept feeling like they were trying to teach a lesson that I wasn't quite grasping. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think they were trying to teach a lesson that they weren't quite grasping. Yeah. Um, But uh, Mr. Turner is telling... Uh, Mr. Williams, that Corey, the Matthews kid had it coming to him. Eli, you you didn't do anything wrong. Like, what? And Eli's sitting there and he's just like, but he's just a kid in high school. Um, And Mr. Turner's like, well, this is what happens when, you know, they break into the news. He's like, but it's not the real news. Like, this is high school. And, and he's Ms. just a kid in high school. A kid should not be dealing with this kind of ridicule. And Mr. Turner's like, exactly. I was so confused <laughs> as to what they were trying to say. I was hoping you could enlighten I me. I couldn't believe that Mr. Turner was saying he had it coming to him. This what? is a really weird fever dream. He got Janitor Bud fired. What? I think the episode I wrote had less confusing it, stuff in it. The episode you wrote knew your characters better than... What, what was her name that wrote this? um donna yeah donna didn't know them very well so um now we go to the kitchen and we go back to the matthews residence we're in the kitchen where amy and alan are talking to Corey, and he's like i just don't understand why everyone's so mad at me it just it it felt so right like at the time i thought this was gonna be everyone was gonna love it and i didn't mean to get him fired but like hey guys he should have gotten fired yeah like legitimately the county can prosecute this guy for stealing thousands and thousands of dollars even if he had been only doing it for the past couple of years he was stealing thousands and thousands of dollars and bringing a student into it mm-hmm. um and Corey's like i just i feel really weird because i don't i feel like i did something wrong but it couldn't have been wrong because janitor bud was doing something wrong so how do i know if i was wrong or right was i wrong and Alan says, it's very simple, Corey. You were, and at the same time, he and Amy say right and wrong together. So Amy thinks that Corey was wrong. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm ready to call CPS and take Corey away from Amy for good. But luckily, Alan thinks that Corey was right to do that because janitor bud did something wrong so then amy and alan start fighting about it and amy's like well he was only two weeks away from or two months away from his pension not deserve to retire fully paid after stealing thousands of dollars and implicating a child like what universe is it like oh but he was he was about to get what he had earned he didn't earn that he's almost there yeah well he was doing this for a long time like um yeah, it's nuts. So Corey's like, I'm kind of getting mixed signals here. And then Eric bounds down the stairs and says, guys, I got a letter from Pennsylvania State University. Um, they want to study me. And then he runs out. Yeah. So now we go to the lockers. The lockers. Where Topanga and Corey are talking. And Topanga's like, Corey, I don't understand why everyone is being mean to you. I hope that this dies down soon. Like, you really don't deserve it. Thank you, Topanga. For being a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, it will probably die down. And Corey's like, yeah, it will. Like, people don't remember. Like, this is high school. People don't remember things very easily. Like, it, everyone's going to forget about it soon. He opens his locker and a dead fish is hanging a in his locker. giant fish. I and wish we had that fish. 
But it was in a locker. It wasn't even cold. It's probably raw. Oh, no. I wanted it before that. So we when could we could eat it. it. Yes. Um, And Topanga, like, covers her nose. And she's like, oh, this is not good. And she gives them a kiss goodbye. <laughs> and then you wait. One, two, three, four, five. Woo! Topanga's running up the steps at this point. Like, what they're not even mean? kissing anymore. What does woo mean? The audience said oh, woo. okay. Like, a full minute after they kiss, the audience says woo. Yeah, it was weird. But this whole episode's weird. So, um, Eli walks over and he starts talking to Corey. And he's like, look, um, I'm sorry I got you in this mess. We need to talk. and Come with me. And don't bring the fish with you. Don't bring the fish. So, Corey tries to close the locker um instead he leaves the locker open with the fish hanging out and they don't have a janitor he tries to clean close the locker he puts the fish in but it does that thing where it like falls before he can close the locker fully so that it just leaves it open but he's already got to go with eli so he's walking with him and there's no janitor to clean up the locker or the stinky smells so that school is stinky no you know what good on you Corey. good on you Corey. leave that fish there leave the fish there punish everyone for being shitty to you exactly let all the other kids deal with it. Now all the other kids are going to go out in the hall and be like, what the hell? What's going on with this fish? And there's no one there to clean it up. And they're going to hire a new janitor. If I'm Corey, I'm walking out there and I'm saying, this is your fish. This is your janitor, bud. Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it doesn't really prove a point because now they're mad that janitor bud's not there to clean it up. Right. So Eli uh, takes Corey into the room and he's like, you don't deserve this. This is on me. You didn't do anything wrong. Or no, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say you didn't do anything wrong. He says, you don't deserve this. You're not a reporter. You're just a high school kid. And Corey's like, I don't, I, I was just doing my job. I just, I was doing what I needed to do. He basically, Eli tells him that right and wrong in the news industry is not the same as right and wrong in real life because you have to worry about the consequences of every story that you put out and that that is not something that a high school student should be having to deal with and that he was wrong for pushing him to delve deeper into reporting. No, Mr. Williams, you're wrong. You should be teaching them to be good reporters. And he did uncover something that should have been uncovered. And you're wrong. And Corey's like, so was I wrong to do that? And and Eli says, "Um, I I didn't say that. And Corey says, so was I right? And he says, I didn't say that either. So then he says, how did you feel about your story? And he's like, I felt good about it. It was really fun. I enjoyed doing it. I felt like I was doing something important. And he's like, and how do you feel about Janitor Bud being fired? He's like, really bad. And Corey says, I just, I want to know if I was right or wrong. I want, I want both. I want to know. And, um. Corey, we've been telling you this whole time we've been talking into this mic. You were right. But he can't hear us. I know. And Mr. Or Mr. Williams says, yeah, well, you don't always, you don't get right or wrong. You don't get to know either way. And Corey says, but I'm a kid. I want both. And Eli says, here's a secret. I'm an adult. We want both, too. Um, we want right and wrong? I'm still confused. Well, he, they, he was saying, you don't, I don't remember what it was. It was right or wrong. Was it? I was very confused. Okay. It didn't make any sense. Okay. Maybe if you guys got something out of this, this that maybe we missed because we're tired from the Christmas buzz, uh, I don't know. I'm, I missed something. I'm sure there are people, like, again, uh, we'll get into this more after we're, we're done with the episode. But I'm sure there are people who 
got something out of this. I do think that there is something to be said. We were taught the difference between right and wrong growing up and that there is no gray area. There is a gray area um, that sometimes you have to muddle through and balance things out. It's sort of like a, a Jean Valjean effect. Like Jean Valjean stole bread to feed his family. Was Jean Valjean, was he a baseball player? You know who Jean Valjean is. You've been around me enough to have seen Les Miserables a million times. Oh, so he's in Les Mis? Yes. Okay. So he's in Les Mis? He is Les Mis. What is... There are definitely people listening who don't know that. So okay. I'm just trying to... Jean Valjean stole bread to help save his family and ended up in prison for a really long time. There is a gray area that says, like, if you are doing something out of desperation and you get away with it, it's kind of okay, like, as long as no one gets hurt. There's there's gray area to muddle through. Mr. Bud was not in that gray... Mr. Bud. Mr. Bud. <laughs> Mr. Bud. <laughs> Janitor Bud was not in that gray area. Everything he was doing was very clearly wrong. Yes. Like, it was not... It was not an issue of, is this a gray area, right or wrong? Right. Like, he was wrong. Right. I agree. Um... I don't think there was there's any room for discussion on that. Like it it just is. He was doing something very wrong and to me like I really focus on the fact that he was doing something wrong that I think I wouldn't have paid much attention to if he was just stealing time. Like that's up to him to figure it out. But mm-hmm. he was implicating a child in the school mm-hmm. in the whole process. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where you say like this is really actually fucked up. Like this isn't like you're doing something wrong. This is you're ruining someone else's life too. Right. So, And you're making this seem like it's an okay thing to a kid who already struggles understanding what's right and wrong. You're an adult who is around kids all of the time and you're saying to this kid who already gives himself, um, I guess, like room to do bad things and you're saying, oh, it's okay to do that. Right. So anyway, we, we now we go to Mr. Feeney's office where Eli and and Corey go in there to kind of like plead their case, I guess. Yeah, but right before that, uh, Mr. Feeney is like using his buzzer to ask his secretary for coffee like over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So I'm basically a secretary and my boss never asked me for coffee. I think at my job, there are secretaries who will get coffee or... I don't think they have to, but okay. I think they just kind of, it's expected of them and they do it. Anyway, uh, they're, they're basically, Eli comes in and he says, George, listen, um, you know, about all the stuff with Janitor, but, and he's just really like um, having a hard time spitting it out. And Corey jumps in and he goes, oh, give the old gambler his job back, Feeney. And Eli's just like, well, there it is. Yeah. And Eli says, look, uh, Nobody wanted him to lose his job over this. This is my fault. I should have screened these videos. It's not Corey's fault. Again, this is Janitor Bud's fault. Right. And Corey goes, Mr. Feeney, if there's anything I know about you, I've always thought like you had a heart of gold. And right now I'm finding out that you. Oh, well, Mr. Feeney says like the board saw this. It was on TV. The school board saw this. I had to fire My him. My hands were tied. Mm-hmm. There was nothing I could do. Like, if it had just been something that had come to my attention, it would have been, there would have been something I could do. But since they all saw this, it, I had orders to do it. Like, I'm not the boss of this place. Mm-hmm. I have people above me. 
Um, so then Corey goes into his speech about like, I always thought you had a heart of gold and I'm learning that you, and then in walks Janitor Bud in a really, really dapper plaid, like blazer. He's the secretary giving. It's, very, it's a very Dick Van Dyke suit. Yes. And I love Dick Van Dyke. Uh, She's he, back on Janitor Bud, guys. <laughs> I, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, I never was and I never will be. Um, he gives Feeney his coffee and he's like, stop pushing the buzzer so much. You're going to break it. And they're like, Janitor Bud's the secretary? And Eli's just like, two more months, huh? And he laughs and Mr. Feeney just like, he's like, exasperatedly. He's just like, damn, my heart of gold. <laughs> so that's it. Well, okay. So post credit scene real quick. Go ahead. Just <laughs> get it over with. crazy. <laughs> so Eric is laying in the bed with all the things attached to his head. And Monique is talking to a group of like 20 scientists. It's like, I'm so glad you could fly out for this. They're in a high school classroom and scientists flew out to see this one person in a high school classroom. What is this nonsense? They're like, oh, wow. And, and um, she's like, I know what you think. He's dead, right? But he's not dead. Watch. And she like wakes him up. She's like, Eric, Eric, wake up. And he wakes up and he's like, oh, hey, everyone. I'm pretty incredible, right? How'd that little mouse do? And she pulls this long paper up and she's just like, this mouse has hopes and dreams and plans for the future. And Eric's like, poor guy. And that's it. So this episode is wild. It was fun. It was fun. So that's that's the thing. And that's what we've come back to so many times. And I feel like we're going to come back to a lot is this was a fun TV episode. It, there was nothing major to it. I, I don't think there was a message to glean from it. I think that it was kind of a bad message overall. Yes. Um, but I also think in general, they, they were just like, we need a fun TV episode. Just write one. Go. Right. And they kept Corey moral. He... He did the right thing and he stood his ground and kept saying, I did the right thing. So at least there was that. I think that's where a lot of my confusion came in is that it it was never said explicitly that he did something wrong. He was treated like he did something wrong, but he stood behind himself. Right. Topanga stood behind him. Mm-hmm. His dad stood behind him. It was literally a split down the center, but... Everyone felt bad that that uh, Janitor Bud lost his job. Right. And I, I think this all could have been remedied by just kind of explaining, like, these there are unintended consequences with every right thing that you do. And you have to mm-hmm. kind of accept that that's, you've done something. And I, we talked to the kids about this stuff. Right. Like, if you did the right thing, sometimes bad things are going to come out of it. You're going to have to deal with the fallout from that. And sometimes you have to decide doing what's right in this situation was more important. And sometimes you have to decide, I'm going to leave this one alone. Like, I'm not going to worry about whether or not uh, Janitor Bud was leaving five minutes early. But then when it turns into more than that. Right. Um, that's when you have to weigh out the pros and cons in the, in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if our kids came to us and said, one of my teachers is leaving at 4.55 and they're supposed to leave at 5. I'm going to report on this. We'd be, We'd like, be like, get no, out of here. What don't are you, do that. What are you like, doing? They're there all the time. But if one of our kids came to us with this story, we'd be like, oh, we got to take care of this. Right. Um, and if one of our kids came to us and they were like, 
counting their money because every single day they get five dollars and mm. we we're like where did you get that money from and they're like oh janitor bud gave us five dollars to clock him out <laughs> yeah you better believe i would be reporting on local news you better i would you better believe uh so i looked up donna trujillo's um imdb page uh-huh she's only written four episodes of anything ever uh, she wrote two episodes of Boy Meets World. Okay. Can't and, wait to see what the second one is. <laughs> can't wait. She wrote one episode. So that in 1995 and 1996, she wrote two episodes. In 2009, she then wrote her next big thing was, I didn't know I was pregnant on MTV. What? <laughs> How do you write that? I don't know. And then the year after that, she wrote MTV at the movies, which again, like... Okay. But did she write a special Christmas episode of Boy Meets World just for a podcast? I don't know if she did. We need to find her podcast. <laughs> what if she does have a podcast? <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for reporting. <laughs> You're right. You're ruining her career. I'm ruining her career. Now she'll never get that pension. Um, so, so, I mean, obviously, like we kind of know how we feel about this episode, right. but how'd you feel about this episode? Um, It was fine. It was... It was okay to watch. It wasn't okay to write notes on. Like, mm-hmm. that's, those are two very different things. Yeah, I think that's where I stood too, is if I were just watching it, it was kind of just a fun episode and, and you, it made your brain kind of go like, oh, well, maybe this, oh, oh well, maybe that. But as you're writing, it's like, whoa, whoa, this yeah. is, this is really bad. Like, yeah. really, really bad. And we, we live in kind of an era where everything is binge watched and... I think I've noticed with some other show- shows that we've watched, like there's some other shows that we've seen that there are episodes in between. So um, to, a, to a much lesser extent, I'm going to say this about um, uh, Steven Universe. Okay. We've binge watched this show over and over and over again. There are episodes in the middle where just kind of nothing major happens mm-hmm. and it's just kind of fun stuff or whatever. But when watching that episode, like if you're waiting for that episode and it's the week of and you have to wait a full week, you watch that episode, and that's what you were waiting for, that'd be annoying and kind of a bummer. Right. Um, But when you're binge watching, it doesn't matter because that episode was kind of a bummer and it sucked. And then... And it's almost like a drop in the bucket. Before it even finishes playing, you see the little thing pop up saying, up next in 17 seconds is the next episode. Right. So you don't have to think or worry about what you were watching. But when this came out, this was a weekly event like yeah tgif was friday night you would sit down with you know you or your family or whatever my family would get pizza it was pizza night we would order pizza or my dad would make pizza and i would help him and we would sit there and watch these tgif shows so when you guys all watch them together often yeah not not all the time and um if my mom actually listens i want her to let me know what she has to say about that she i'm not sure if she listens we're we're unsure Sometimes we don't want her to, because... I always want her to. It's fine. True. You we, are 35 years old. 36 I am 36, years old. yes. You are 36 years old. I am 35 years old. She doesn't care that you drew boobs once. She knows you drew boobs once. No, she doesn't. She must not ever know that I drew boobs one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... What was I saying? But, so anyway, just... Having the binge watch thing now kind of takes away a lot of these episodes that are kind of a, eh, that was just a TV episode. You can find almost the, um, 
depth easier because you're watching that depth unfold. If I was watching an 11-minute episode of Steven Universe weekly, I wouldn't I don't think I would have noticed how amazing and deep yeah, the so, show was. So one show in specific that I can think of this more clearly is Scrubs. Yes. I used to watch Scrubs on a weekly basis. I started watching Scrubs in season one, and it was so heartfelt and emotional every single episode in season one. Season two had its kind of moments where it wasn't that emotional. And season three, it really just kind of fell into, well, we're a TV show now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting and waiting for episodes every week and then just kind of sitting there and having to deal with the fact that the episode that I got, nothing of importance happened. Um, so I think that's kind of where we fall with episodes like these. Like if we were just binge watching this show, which we've done before, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have to think or consider what happened in this episode at all. We would just be on to episode eight right now. We would have moved on and we wouldn't be talking into a microphone. Right. And the comparison to that is that I did not watch Scrubs every week. Alden was like, we need to watch Scrubs now that we can just binge watch it and binge watching it. I was, I never got into Scrubs week to week, mm-hmm. but binge watching it, it was my life for like two months is watching that every single night, um, watching like three or four episodes every single night. And mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. Yeah. Binge watching different shows really, really does help them. Helps the yes. shows. Yes. Uh, but then I think there are other shows where having that weekly appointment to watch it, it is great too. I think. Yeah. I, I think Breaking Bad was, it was um, yeah. bad for me that I binged watched that as opposed to watching it every week. Right. Definitely. It was too much. My brain and my emotions could not handle it. And I will never watch that show ever again for as long as I live. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, watched it weekly and then binge watched it with me and mm-hmm. it was a different experience for you because it wasn't piling all of that onto you at one time right you don't have time i would have a week between episodes or oftentimes they would break mid-season and you would have uh months between episodes mm-hmm. so you had that whole week to kind of think about and com- uh, compartmentalize it and and whatever like break it down in your head and kind of deal with what's gone on in the show but yeah, binge watching it, it's just, it's just boom, 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 more and more and more and more. And you don't have time to think about it until you stop for the night. And then it's just like, oh my God, that was so much. Yeah. And I think like more recently, The Good Place is a good example of that, where when you binge watch The Good Place, it is just um, perfection in mm-hmm. television. But if you watch it weekly, it's almost easy to forget that you have it to watch. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very brief short show that when you watch it, it's just like oh that was it was good I love the show but when you get to watch four or five episodes in a row the story unfolds so much better yeah it's and I think Boy Meets World is sort of like that too because there is this story unfolding that you don't really see when you're watching it week to week as well as if you're binge watching it yeah, so I I think if you guys could let us know, like, what are some shows that you enjoy binge watching as opposed to, to watching weekly or, or vice versa? What are some shows that are better watching on a weekly basis as opposed to all at once? Yeah, and more streaming services now are releasing shows weekly. Mandalorian yeah. is released weekly, and mm-hmm. I am seeing a lot about people being excited every single week to sit down and watch their episode of Mandalorian, and I wonder if 
watching it that way is better for that show than if they were able to just binge watch it over the course of 24 hours. Well, and that's one too where you asked me last night if we wanted to start it and I'm just not ready to start it yet because now all of a sudden it's an undertaking. Like um, when when it started playing, I was, I was also playing the Star Wars um, Jedi Outcast game, or Jedi Fallen Order. And the Jedi Outcast. Well, that's an older one, but it it um I didn't want to mix the two in my head, so I didn't want to start Mandalorian yet. But now that I finished the game, there's there were four or five episodes ready when I finished the game, and now it's like a, woof. All right, when do when do I really want to commit to this? Right, where if you had gotten to start it from the beginning, you would only be undertaking watching one episode a week. Right. Um. Anyway, Boy Meets World. Yeah. This episode was fun to watch yes the lesson was stupid yes janitor butt is the worst he actually should probably be in jail (laughs) not a secretary at the school so that he could get his pension yeah but here we are here we are damn feeny's heart of gold damn feeny's heart of gold and taxpayer money that's now going to go to janitor bud's retirement fund yeah i paid for that Uh, yeah you paid for philadelphia's janitor um so anything else you want to add before we go think so um yeah we appreciate you guys don't here don't steal time at work don't steal time at work guys and don't incriminate kids don't incriminate kids guys yeah that's it that's it <laughs> uh and don't woo 30 seconds after a teenage couple kisses on screen with a fish hanging between Woo! them anyway that'll do it for our episode this week you don't have to binge watch us You can be here weekly. Yeah. It's much easier on your ears, I promise. Find us wherever podcasts are found. Find us on on iTunes. Is iTunes still real? It's not real anymore. Apple Podcasts. Find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you love podcasts. What are some of those ones that you saw? There are some ones that were nuts. I was looking over our our data the other day because I'm a nerd, but, but it's... I don't even remember them. There were some podcasts like... Uh, applications that I have never in my life heard of. People who have listened to like 13 episodes of our show and listened to on the most obscure app that I've never heard of. I wonder if they're good apps though. Like I wonder if we're just missing out on good audio everything. What? Because we're not listening on these apps. Maybe. Spotify does a good job these days. I love listening to podcasts on Spotify. Yeah. It's the easiest. It's it's this sounds like an ad and I wish it was because that would mean <laughs> that would mean Spotify is paying us but Spotify come on the show yeah yeah you can pay us so I agree Spotify has been very good for podcasts but I also like my podcast addict um, yeah I still do podcast addict and Pocket Cast is what I actually normally used but now I've pretty much almost completely switched over to Spotify so please pay us. <laughs> Or don't. It's fine. Just know we love you. Anyway, um, so you can find us on Twitter at BMGMBMW. You can email us at BMGMBMW at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar. And our Instagram is never coming, I guess. Because that would be stupid. What do you want pictures of? Wow. Okay, I think some people want it. It's not stupid if you want it. What are we putting on there? My feet. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 7. Class dismissed.